This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. Yoda e homa, no my hari mai ko Hannah Toko Ingwa, and you're listening to That's the Ticket with Hannah Mooney. I'm very pleased, as per usual. I mean, when am I not pleased? <laughs> I've already bungled my intro. Um, I'm very pleased to be coming at you with a fresh episode of Arts Chat in Te Wiki o Te Reo Māori. Yes, it's Māori Language Week. I hope we all took a moment of Māori today at 12 p.m. I can definitely say that my colleague and I uh, went into the boardroom at midday today and uh, sung a rousing verse of Te Aroha um, for the movement. Um, check out uh, what's the website? I've got it written down here. Um, Tereo.co.nz for more info on that and all the cool stuff happening in Te Wiki or Te Reo Māori. But yes, I'm pleased to be coming at you uh, with a fresh episode this week. But I'm also stoked to have a recurring guest. I guess you're a recurring guest. What? Yeah, it's my third third time now. So, third? I'm like, yeah. is it third or fourth? Um, it's too many. National treasure and local <laughs> creative Connor Maxwell is here. Uh, hey, playwright, hello. actor, director and probably other things. Sometimes I'm backstage. Yeah. all that part. <laughs> but um, thanks for coming back, Connor. I'm glad you're not sick of me yet. I didn't say I wasn't, but I'm doing... I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I'm glad to be here. It's, it's, a, it's a good, it's a good show. You've ruined it. No, <laughs> no, no, no. It's um, it's it's good to have you here, and I feel like it's kind of exciting because, um, as we all know, um, Aotearoa's in COVID uh, alert level two right now. So we've kind of just come out of being in, you know, at home, mm. and now we're in level two, which means live events can happen. And you've got one of the first kind of live theatre events in Level 2 coming yeah. up soon. It's yours. Yeah, I know. That's you're, a, you're the first a one. A lot of pressure. Um, <laughs> I'm happy to be the first one, though. It might boost our ticket sales, um, I'm hoping. People are really eager to get out and see some more theatre, I think. I definitely am. Unfortunately, it's only my one I get to see. But yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll make do. Yeah, you, yeah. you make do, even if it's your own. Yeah. Um, but no, we should actually uh, talk about the work, because what, what, what is the show? Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, the show is called Junior. It is a uh, murder mystery, black comedy, family drama. Um, Did is... you make up that genre? I, I guess, yeah. It's a hard one to... You've seen, you've seen a little snippet. And have you read any of the script? Uh, not really. I, um, I've read a snippet of snippet, the script. Yes. Um, yeah. It's it's a hard one to classify because when I describe, or you, if you've seen the um, event page, you know it's um, Junior's father has, has um, died and he's been separated from the family f- for a long time. He comes back, he reignites his relationships with the family, but his father's been murdered and someone killed him. And it sounds a lot more serious than it is. And from the first second of the show, it's immediately a comedy. Um, and so I have to try and 
use this this number of um, genres to get hey it sounds dark it's still fun <laughs> yeah if that makes sense yeah i mean like even just then you gave a very brief kind of plot summary mm. that did not sound like a comedy and then ended with a guys it's actually comedy exactly yeah i, I had to um, in my blurb for the show, I just sneak in black comedy so they knew. Um, the comedy comes from the fact that, you know, ultimately it is um, a bunch of fun people who are um, catching up, who are, you know, reminiscing on old times. There's just um, this shadow hanging over them that, you know, this is the funeral. That um, And when I wrote this, to try and keep that comedy balance, and it wasn't until... Um, you know, a, um, a boil-up audience got to see the show that I was aware that it worked, um, was people make jokes to deflect when they're sad. And this happens in the play, you know. They, um, they don't want to acknowledge often that, you know, they are miserable or that they are mm. upset and this is how they cover for it. And it's also, um, yeah, while they're, while they're making jokes, while they're making each other laugh, hopefully it'll make the audience laugh too. And we've had some good responses so far in, in test um, stagings and all that. So I'm excited. Yeah, well, I think people are in need of a laugh. Yeah, for After, sure. you know, three weeks of level four and then now kind of level two. And I, you, you talked about how it's a black comedy and mm. how, you know, people telling jokes and making jokes to deflect and stuff. There's something very, like, Kiwi about that. I'm just thinking of, I feel like I make this reference on the show often, but, like, films like Boy, mm -hmm. it's, like, heartbreaking but hilarious at the same time. And I think that that's something very Kiwi of, like, this is a comedy, but it's actually got some something to it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, um, yeah, I'm not going to try and compare my play to Boy or anything. Tiger's written. He's, he's a bit um, bit better than I am. But, um, yeah, um, the play deals a lot with um, toxic masculinity, or at least the Kiwi version of that, which is, you know, n not necessarily that I'm going to go um, drink and beat you up, sort of um, toxic masculinity, but more the I'm not going to talk about my feelings mm. kind. And two of the major characters, Junior himself, played by Anthony Aono, and um, his brother Time, <laughs> T-H-Y-M-E, played by Benny Marama, they have a really um, rough relationship which, you know, um, culminates them in them not talking about their feelings and not really having these meaningful conversations. So when they reunite, it's very awkward and um, and they kind of have to teach themselves, I guess, to have these conversations in the absence of their father. Um, so, yeah, there is definitely similarities there. Bad fathers and um, trying to um, trying to find the comedy in these, yeah, stiff upper lip sort of situations. Well, and I feel like there is an element of relatability in turn in regards to the idea of an unofficial family reunion happening at an event like a funeral yeah. or a wedding or something like that, it's often that's the time where everyone gets to be all together. Mm, yeah. And what um, one of my inspirations for this play, um, it, this play has a lot of uh, like kind of cynical um, beginnings in order to try and find a different take on, on this genre or this play. It was when someone dies, um, even if that person wasn't well-liked, um, mm. even if there was, there was grief, there was beef, people put that aside, you know? It's no, there's no time for that now. You you um, rebuild your bridges, you forgive and forget, and you, these round relationships heal. And I thought, what happens if they didn't? Mm. Um, yeah, what if these people reconnected and the relationships didn't heal? If, if, if the, um, you know, the more toxic parts of the relationships kept burning and if, you know, the, the, the play ended with some of these relationships still in danger, I think that would be quite interesting and it has turned out quite well. 
Well, yeah, I feel like there isn't a way that this is not interesting. Because, I mean, I'm going to testify if I'm paying attention. (laughs) So, Junior follows Jackson Junior Mm -hmm. as him and his family reconvene at the funeral of his father. Yes. Who seems like he died, but it could have been murder. Mm -hmm. And so, it's a mystery, it's a drama, and it's a comedy. Yeah. And I, I was reading a blurb, and there was a line about how um, Jackson Jr. was his dad's favorite son, but he didn't vibe him, and mm. he wants to find out who murdered his dad because he wished he'd done it. Yes, yes. So there's um. I'm like, am I? <laughs> yeah, no, no. There's um. Jackson talks um a lot. Jackson Jr. that is um, the main character talks a lot about how he, you know, he is happy his dad's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to this point. Uh, he's our audience insert in the sense that he's missed the family for four, five, six months. He hasn't been with them. His dad kicked him out. He's had no contact with them, including the ones he was quite close to. And so when he comes back in, he, he's super grateful. He gets to see his family again. He um, finally gets to rebuild these relationships while the person he disliked the most is gone. And um, Jackson being the big bad in the play, this is Jackson Sr., not appearing in the play, but a obviously a shadowy figure over mm. the whole um, plot. Um, he, I think, respected his son's disrespect for him. And um, we have a, a moment again with, um, with Benny's character, Time, where he's the eldest son. He was the one who tried to be his dad. He looked up to him so much. He took after him in the same jobs. And he did his life almost the same as his father's. And his dad just looked over him to the point of not giving him his own name. He gave his own name to his next son. And then yeah. called... Benny's character, Time, time yeah, the, the like res- the plant. Like the plant, the re- yeah. I, I mean, he um, has a line in the play where he laments being named after a herb. Um, the rest of the siblings are all named after plants or, you know, herbs. There is, so there's Time, there is, uh, the mother is Rosemary or Rose. Oh, yeah. Uh, we have Willow um, is uh, Jackson's sister. Uh, we have Basil is his younger brother and not appearing in the play, but important is their youngest sister, Fern. Um, yeah, so they, they were kind of clever with, well, not clever, they, they, they thought they were being clever in a dad joke sort of way with the names. And um, yeah, Jackson, the one who didn't like the father, is the, one, the only one who is separated from this naming convention and is the one who unfortunately will always be associated with this person he didn't like. It's deep. It's deep, yeah. It's, 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 um, <laughs> when I try and get people to come to the show, I have to say, here's the basic premise, just come watch it, because there's lots of layers. Yeah. Even the, um, the murder mystery um, element is more complicated than it sounds. It's not a um, everyone gets together, someone is stabbed, and then they talk about who did it, and one says, well, I, I hated him because he stole my money. It's not that kind of play. It's, I mean, um, I still support the work, but I would enjoy seeing that also. Oh, yeah, you would. <laughs> that would be fun. Uh, but no, it's, um, it's, it's a play where Jackson stumbles upon this mystery. It's when he's, he meets with his younger brother, Basil, who um, is a stand-up comedian, played by um, Cody Teodota. Um, and um, he is the only one in the family who didn't grow up in a police environment, but he's obsessed with crime shows. And he comes up with this idea of, actually, I think Dad was murdered. And so rather than being a typical sit-down interview, everyone, it starts to develop as it goes along. Actually, maybe maybe Basil had, had it right. Maybe he's on to something because there's a lot of people who didn't like this guy. Uh, see, yeah. I can't ask you, like, was he? Because obviously you're not going to reveal mm. that. But on those grounds alone, I want to come and see the play. That's good. Because, well, it's like as soon as you someone says like, oh, 
did they do it? Did they not do it? I'm like, I have to know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and my, my marketing angle this week, I've done a couple of posts so far, has been, let's look how every one of the characters could be a suspect, which, you know, is, yeah. is, is um, common for this kind of genre. But, you know, if you didn't write them all with a bit of um, suspicion, then it'd be easy to work out. No, and... I think it's, you know, the the whole Cluedo, I mean, it's not Cluedo vibes, but I, I have been following your social media this week. Mm. Um, check out the uh, Junior by Connor Maxwell Facebook page. I believe the handle is Junior the Play. Uh, yes, that, that, yeah. Look at me go. Um, Powerful. I'm but impressed. yeah, great photos as well. Oh, yeah, imagery. yeah, they're cool. Um, some of them are taken by um, Ryan Inglis, some by M, um, Emily Williams. Um, and yeah, they've been great. Uh I wanted um, to have that um, element of as soon as you see a character the first time, maybe their first few lines or just their first image, you know all you need to know about them. Mm. Um, so we have yeah, these, these costumes that are quite striking. We've got um, um, Time, the older brother, the most respectful brother is, you know, he's um, wearing a blazer, he's got his tie done up, his shirt's tucked in. But Basil, the comedian, isn't even wearing socks. Um, and I think that really um, says a lot about these, these people when they... The people and also the, how, um, how much respect they have for the dead at this point as well. I mean, yeah. I appreciate this just level to level of detail mm. in costuming and stuff. And I do want to get back to this. Cool. Um, but I do want to break for a song, but I figured it's most important thing for me to do right now is actually plug when the show is on. So Junior by Connor Maxwell is running at the Meteor, correct? Yes, it starts next Wednesday, which is the 22nd. It runs yep. from the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday at 7pm. And we've just added a Sunday matinee, the 26th at 2pm. So that's five shows total? Yeah, uh, I believe yep, so. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I'm known for my radio, not my maths. <laughs> <laughs> Neither am I. So we'll we'll, we'll, we'll make it through. Yeah. Um, but Connor, because he's a G, has uh, come to the show with some songs, which I appreciate because it makes my job easier. Got you. And um, you've got a song by one of your cast members. I do. Uh, it's sung by Anthony Aono, um, very talented musician. Um, I really, really love his work. Um, and this song is called Lord Knows. It's um, one that I actually joked at rehearsal about playing at the end of the play um, <laughs> last week because um, it's got a, a really somber but nice tone that actually suits kind of the way, the way this play progresses. And it's just nice to have Anthony's voice on the radio, I think. So if you're listening, love the song, love your work. Yeah. Oh, that, that was oh, the segue? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, that's the segue. And um, now uh, play it, Sam. Cheers, Anthony. seems to froze it and I think it knows it's Some time in heaven 
the devil finds out that I've been sneaking around I've been crying, not living I hope to spend some time with you And I'll speak the truth this time For the devil finds me too And I pay for my crimes Lord knows I've got to go Where I belong I'll pay the toll The devil's standing by He's got his crooked eye On my soul But I'm not going to bed I don't need the rest That I get to spend some time in heaven For the devil finds out that I've been sneaking around I've been crying, not living I hope to spend some time with you And I'll speak the truth this time For the devil finds me too And I pay for my crime to go where I belong. Lord Knows by Anthony the Musician, also known as Anthony Iono, who is starring as Junior in Junior mm-hmm. by Connor Maxwell, which is opening at the Meteor September 22nd and running until September 26th. Fun fact, I've actually had Anthony on That's the Ticket and he did a live performance. I, I can't match that, um, but I wouldn't try to, you know. Um, yeah, I was like, oh... You you just did this and now I have to talk. <laughs> I have to like follow that yeah, unfortunately. Um, with me. But uh, you're listening to uh, That's the Ticket with Hannah Mooney and special guest Connor Maxwell is here um, giving us the scoop on Junior, um, which you wrote and are directing. Mm, I know. I mean, it's, it's um, not the first time you've done that. Not the first that. time. Um, and it's, um, I gave up directing for a long time. Because I directed, I think, four shows before Lonely Hearts, which was my, I guess, re-debut earlier this year. But the last show I directed was early 2016, I think, maybe 2017. Um, And I gave up for ages because I got into writing first and then directing by default. Well, someone's got to um, put it on. Someone's got to do it. Yeah, I want the show to go on. And my first show was actually another director volunteered, and I thought, I don't know if I trust you with this material, so I did it myself. 
and I directed um, four shows. I think um, I was part of a company, Small Dynamite Theatre at the time, and I was doing every second show, and it really felt like I was doing every second show, and I got mm. to um, my fourth one there, and I thought, you know, I, actually, I can't... I can't just um, do this twi- twice a year or, or once a year or whatever it is. I need to actually stick to ones that I'm passionate about. And so I stopped until I wrote a play I really liked. Um, so, yeah, writing is my, my, my main passion of the two, but as long as I really care about the play, and also I'm a teacher, so directing um, parallels uh, are abound. Yeah. Um, so you know, now that I'm a teacher and now that I'm writing things that I really care about, it's a no-brainer combination. And, uh, you know, so obviously... This isn't your first rodeo, no. but you are one of you are the first work to um, showcase and be kind of developed through the Meteors Boil Up Creative Development mm. Project, right? Again, the pressure. <laughs> and so, like, um, have I mean, obviously, this show came about through Boil Up, but mm. you've you've never done this sort of thing. Before, right? No, and I didn't think this was for me either because it was. Um, I remember seeing all the boil up marketing and going, "Great, it's going to be awesome for a bunch of younger, newer creatives to yep. work on something together." And I didn't even consider doing it. But I, you know, um, I was meeting with Debs um, for um, Lonely Hearts at the time, just sussing out that kind of stuff, and then she encouraged me to go. And I thought, well, I didn't think this was for me, mm. and. It has been, you know, um, and it's been great to come into... I had, was already writing a, a play. I'd started writing it, I think, October last year, very slowly while at work. And I thought, well, I've got, you know, a play that's half finished. I'll keep going with it. I had finished the first draft by the time the first boiler meeting came. And it took me maybe a couple of hours in that first day to be like, yeah, no, this is, this is for me. Um, and part of it was, you know, I, I put, as you've mentioned, you know, the deepness of it. I put so much thought into the play already. So why would I need um, other input? And I really appreciated it. Um, there's some really obvious um, elements that I think are the stars of the show um, now that weren't in the first draft because people noticed, hey, this could do with um, with this element. Try not to spoil what those elements are. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's um, awesome to have professionals or other actors. Um, Julia, who was in my, Julia Watkins, who was in my play, was a paid actor at the first Boil Up workshop, and she came up with some cool ideas that had made it into the show, which, you know, it was great to be like, hey, thank you for helping with my show. Would you want to be in it now? <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, I've taken a lot on board from other creatives and really got a script that I've gone through Four, three major drafts and a whole bunch of smaller changes just to get to a place that I'm, I, I'm happy with and that other people are already happy with as well, which is important. And do you feel like, because obviously what I know about Boil Up and kind of what has been out in public domain is that the idea behind the project is that it's fostering ideas or shows from idea to performance and then beyond. It's mm. about kind of taking locally creative works and preparing them so they can go to other um, other places or take on other performing opportunities, whether mm. that be at a different venue or um, festivals in other cities and other right, parts yeah. of um, the country. And do, do you feel like you're that somewhere where you're wanting to go with this work? Yeah. Because obviously you have a really strong foundation with mm. creating and putting on local stuff locally and so I feel like this is going to be a good step for you. Yeah well um, yeah I, I do want to do that and um, I think really small and it might be because I, you know, I started um, a 
really small company with no budget and started doing shows on my own even. Mm. Lonely Hearts and this one have both been under, well, Lonely Hearts especially was under no company, just just me. Yeah. Um, micro budgets where I didn't have to pay for the rights because I wrote it and yeah, yeah. <laughs> the costumes of the actors' clothes and all that kind of thing. And I'm not used to thinking, hey, what if this went to other cities? But I did write this play with that in mind. Um, so I'd say... Uh, Minimals, um, minimal but effective set, um, and it's a kind of um, thing with not huge tech elements. We got to cart a coffin around, but apart from that, it's not too um, difficult. Um, but yeah, working with Boil Up was really interesting. Seeing that my cast of six was the largest cast of all the um, all yeah. the hopefuls, because again, yeah, when you're thinking touring, it's really easy to cart yourself in a one person show or mm. you and a couple of other actors. Um, luckily, the tech team wouldn't be too large on this show. They yeah. have one backstage um, in, in this one, apart from myself just lurking around back there. Um, so, yeah. It's, Seems fitting. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to watch for the front. Um, and yeah, so it, it's, it's terrible. And I yeah, kept in mind, you know, we, we could. Um, Anas, who is one of the um, Anas Felsi Jensen is one of the um, mentors and is also directing um, James Smith's um, piece as part of Boil Up and he made a comment in the Boil Up workshop which was that and I don't entirely agree with this but I do in terms of Junior the comment was that um, you need to be able to do if you can put your play on in a driveway then you can do it anywhere Yep. and of course he, um, he took um, back to square one to the media after, yeah, yeah. after that being in the driveway and I think Junior could be done in the driveway I think Junior could be done with scripts in hand with, with limited costumes and be also very effective but of course what I'm going to give you next week is the full experience with costumes with scripts down um, and in the theatre but I think it could definitely be just as effective in a smaller theatre in a different environment. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's generally the case. I mean, bar Lonely Hearts, uh, with any kind of Connor Maxwell experience, that they're usually pretty adaptable mm. pieces of work. And I think what's great about this, and especially this show being part of the project, is that it's taking something really cool from Kirikiriroa and getting it out mm. there, you know, because... I, I say this often, and it's kind of a mantra within the, our creative community that Hamilton is where it's happening. People think Hamilton's boring and dumb, but like when it comes to creativity and events, like there's always something going on, and there's some mm -hmm. incredible stuff that happens in this city that doesn't get to go anywhere else. Yeah. And I just I fully support you. Oh, thank you. And there's also like, there's a market for Hamilton pieces as well. I don't just mean Hamilton creatives. I mean, um, people are like look, are looking for pieces that they're very Hamilton flavor. Yeah. Um, and that's what I've been reflected in my writing as well recently. Um, Lonely Hearts, because it's set at a university, I didn't want to, um, I don't know, defame any university in particular. So I didn't, I made up um, a university and set it there. But I mean, and in a similar sense, the funeral home that Jack uh, Junior is set in is fictional. But the local references are very Hamilton and, you mm. know, um, one of the characters was out in Tiamudu and that's different. Um, that makes it difficult for him to commute in and um, get, uh, go to different events. Other characters come from Wellington and that affects um, the kind of culture they were brought up in. And I really want to celebrate with my writing this, you know, real Hamilton flavour. And the next piece I'm actually writing as well is um, a road trip story which begins in Hamilton and, um, yeah, it's very much looking at the kind of, yeah, the kind of environment I grew up in and the way I see things and it's um yeah. Hamilton's great and I think other cities need to see that. We're we're a the biggest city in Hamilton without a proper professional theatre company, which is depressing unless you consider how many theatre companies we have. Mm. And there's some great theatre happening there's, here all the time. It's there's just that's why I have a radio show. Because <laughs> this is every week <laughs> there's a new company. About. Yeah. 
But um, ten away for coming on the show, mate. Oh no, appreciate it. Time's flown by, but I'm, I also b- before you go, I just want to say you're already working on your next play. Yeah, yeah, I, I just like <laughs> writing. Um, I'm maybe a third of the way through. I don't know when it'll go on. Maybe next year. I just really enjoy the writing side of things. Yeah. Um, and it's um, the other thing is when you're writing, when you're thinking about it, your characters can be anything. And once you've got them on stage, they're pretty set. Uh, I don't really want to be changing the play now that the actors are cast and are yeah. about to go on stage. So I like that um, that freedom to be malleable with a script that isn't tied down yet. So it's just a fun little project I'm working on. No, apparently. keep keep on it. Yeah. Um, next, you'll you'll be giving your play to someone else. Oh, maybe we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. But um, thanks for coming on the show. No and um, I'm sure I'll see you soon. I'll see you at Junior. You will. Yeah, I'll be around. <laughs> but if you can recognise me with a mask on. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be in disguise. Yeah. But no, um, I'm going to play you out with popular segment on the show, Rick's Pick. Beautiful. Obviously, you're familiar with this, but for everyone else, um, I have an Uncle Rick, and when he found out that I had a radio show, he's like, cool, I'm going to hook you up with a list every week. You can play one of my songs, and it can be called Rick's Pick. And um, this one, I think you'll like, Connor, because it's a Yusuf slash Cat Stevens song. Hell Yeah. Connor recommended another track for the show um, that was a Cat Stevens song. You probably guess what it is based on the content of the show. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to play it though. No, that's fine. Totally um, fine. Yeah, Connor suggested Father and Son, but um, I consulted my Rick's pick list and he had a better one. Uh, it's the uh, iconic Moon Shadow. <laughs> <laughs> also a good song. So, um, kia ora, Uncle Rick, and I'll um, catch you later, Connor. Cheers. See you later. I'm being followed by a moon shadow Moon shadow, moon shadow Leaping and hopping on a moon shadow Moon shadow, moon shadow And if I ever lose my hands Lose my plow, lose my land Oh, if I ever lose my hands Oh, I won't have to work no more And if I ever lose my eyes If my colors all run dry Yes, if I ever lose my eyes Oh, I won't have to cry no more Yes, I'm being followed by a moon shadow Moon shadow, moon shadow Leaping and hopping on a moon shadow Moon shadow, moon shadow And if I ever lose my legs I won't moan and I won't beg Oh, if I ever lose my legs Oh, I won't have to walk home And if I ever lose my mouth all my teeth, north and south Yes, if I ever lose my mouth Oh, I won't have to talk Find me 
I asked the faithful light Oh, did it take long to find me? And are you gonna stay the night? I'm being followed by a moon shadow Moon shadow, moon shadow Leaping and halting on a moon shadow You're listening to Free FM 89.0, independent community media. That was uh, this week's Rick's Pick, uh, Moon Shadow by Yusuf, a.k.a. Cat Stevens. Absolute banger of a track, Uncle Rick. Nice and mellow, which I feel like I need in my life. Um, but you're listening to That's the Ticket with Hannah Mooney, and um, Connor Maxwell has left the show, but uh, one of the most... Wahine Tor, I was going to say a swear, but then changed my mind. Deb Nuds is here, everyone. Can you hear the applause, applause, Deb? <laughs> uh, no, this has been a long time coming. I know, I've, I've, I've listened with jealousy every time you've booked other people on the show. It's like, when is it going to be my turn? I know, I'm feeling slightly nervous. I don't, but I'm so glad I'm here in your element to see how you go. Just like, I was doing my intro and Deb was just having a lull and I'm like, <laughs> I'm giving the people what they want, which is quality banter on, you know, whenever you're listening to this podcast, I guess. But um, no, to business, I've got Deb in, not just because I like hanging out with her, but because she is the founder and project manager for Boil Up. Is that the the official title? I don't. Know. Uh, yeah. Oh, yes. I'm. You know. Start with. Well, it's a group effort. <laughs> yeah. Um, Boil Up's a group effort, but yeah, it's you, you, you uh, it's been my baby. Right? It's been my baby, and I'm really pleased to um, to see that we've got four awesome and really completely different works to be premiering this year and of the original 10 works that started in the project at least one of them is also booked in at the meteor next year so at least five actual productions out of it which is fabulous i mean that sounds really easy no (laughs) not at all but i'm like this this project that kicked off at the start of 2021 right Mm mm-hmm Yep, January 2021, we put out submissions. Yeah. Um, we were looking for 10 works that we could foster from this idea to development and production and hopefully touring over nine months from January to October. COVID has played a little bit of a dampener on that. It's not allowed us to do a, a mini showcase season of all the works, which we're going to make them go back to back, really. <laughs> That probably wasn't going to be very fair on them anyway. but um, And it's meant that some of the shows have had to push out James Smith's shows not until the beginning of November mm. now. But, um, yeah, it's it's been a journey. They've all worked incredibly hard to get their, their, their pieces developed. Well, and if um, Connor's junior is anything to go by, um, it sounds like it's going to be... A yummy time and I say yummy because boil up you've got some awesome works on the menu you know you're kicking things off with a murder mystery drama comedy yeah a and black comedy yeah it's been good 
And then um, what else is what else you got on the menu? Uh, well, coming up after that is Elsie by Lily Empson, and that's sort of uh, that's a physical theatre piece mm-hmm. uh, about her grandmother's life, uh, and it's it's Lily and her sister Lauren performing in that. And then after that, we've got uh, Atamira by Henerangemarie Berryman, which is, she is doing more of a developmental staging. So mm. she's not quite ready to take that work to a full production yet, but it'll be a really good opportunity for her to explore her ideas in front of a live audience and get some feedback. It's, it's quite cool as an audience, well, a past um, audience member of development seasons, mm. knowing when the work kind of goes on and as it builds that you were there at the beginning. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. And also I think, you know, she has just recently sort of talked about taking control of that work and mm. and kind of really making it her own. But she's also always looking for collaborative uh, experiences and other people to share it with. So an audience can actually really help shape what that work will become in the end. Yeah, and yeah. it's a nice, like, as an audience member, y- you know, usually you always get the finished stuff and so to actually feel like you're a part of it and give feedback and it actually be considered is also cool. Yeah, well, that's really been a hallmark of the whole boil-up process. By <laughs> having um, outside mentors, like uh, I heard Connor talk about Anna's Foster Jensen mm. um, and John T. Hendry from BATS and Fiona Collins from Rotorua, it's been, um, they've all challenged all of the participants to um, to be vulnerable, to let go and to really risk some stuff creatively. And I think that's paid off for them all, not just for these works, but for their general process and the way that they create works and hopefully in the future as well. And I, that's definitely something that a lot of creatives in Kirikiroa alone will benefit from because as Connor was saying, it's everything's very self-driven mm. and often people don't get that outside perspective until, you know, the show's on. Mm. And it's gone to another centre yeah. and it's getting reviewed. Yeah. Yeah. And Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I mean, we, we've got a really active creative community here in Kirikiroa, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but we don't have a lot... I mean, we do lack some elements of uh, performing arts expertise and um, professionalism in the city as well. And I think by getting by getting Anna's sort of uh, from Auckland Live and from the Rebel Alliance and from getting John T from BATS, but also from Toy Fakari, um, it's been a really good opportunity for those people, for the, the participants to to get some of that feedback and to get some of that professional kind of like attitude and, yeah, attitude and, and, and the confidence to up their game to be yes. like just because you're in Kirikiroa just because this is your own thing doesn't mean you can't take it to the next level absolutely yeah and part of Boil Up too was to try and challenge people in terms of their production design so we've mm. got some great writers um, and 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 half of that de- you know development process at least has been about editing and writing, but also, you know, sometimes those works are staged in ways that are rushed. And mm. you know, I heard Connor before talking about lack of budget. That's always an element yeah. as well. Um, but often people are still, you know, just d- desperate to get their stuff on. They don't always think about the most innovative. Uh, or inventive way that they can actually physically stage that story. So production design is a really important 
part of the boil up process as well. Yeah, as a kind of inside hand on the boil up um, project, uh, one work that springs to mind, and, and we haven't mentioned, well, we have mentioned, but um, Wish I Was There by James Smith was mm. meant to be going on um, this, this week. week. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but has now been moved to November. Yeah. Um, that's definitely a work. I remember talking to James and they were really looking at kind of um, not unconventional, but because it's just them, their staging, their production design is e- equal with the script. Yeah. It seems. Well, from, from my discussions yeah. with them. Yeah. Well, we bought. Um, we we were lucky enough to bring down John Verite to to talk to everyone in the boil up process, and it was funny because when you know previous to that was in June for a workshop over the weekend, and um, people had been talking before about the shows that they really loved, and invariably the staging of those shows had been designed by John Verite. Mm. So. Um, and they've also all had an opportunity to speak with Sean Lynch, who is a Hamilton-based lighting designer. Um, and James, hopefully, will get a chance to work with Jane Hakaraya, who's an ex-Hamiltonian but now an incredibly respected theatre designer and lighting designer. Um, so, yeah, hopefully some of that rubs off and that ethos and that... Um, that sort of pushing the boundaries like James is looking to do with the with the production design for Wish I Was There. I mean, I do yeah. just want to take a minute to commend um, you and the Boiler Project on getting these industry professionals in. Because it's, I know um, that you've had a mix. You've, you've had people from Wellington, you've had people from Tamaki Makoto, um, and you've had people from Hamilton as well, right? You've yeah, had, had yeah. local mentors as local well. Local mentors. So yeah, people who are already active in our in our creative community. So Mikey Sorensen, mm. um, Mal Martin and Sian Gardner as well. So they've always they've all been there kind of uh going to rehearsals and holding hands and, you know, um, Mel stepped up to produce uh Connor's work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that, they've all had a really massive part of the journey of most of the shows as well. And I think it's it's good. It's again harking back to acknowledging the mahi that people have been putting in for years in our creative community, and being like, Hamilton's where it's happening. We've got this talent. We've got this expertise. We've got stuff to give. And yes. I was talking to Connor um, when he was on about how awesome it is that this project is kind of fostering and encouraging people to premiere in Hamilton, but then take their works out. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Meteor is where they're all going to premiere and it's mm. a safe and supportive space and it's a place they invariably know quite well. Um, and Hamilton, obviously, hometown, and so you've got a lot of whānau around and so... The real challenge for them is to take it to another space where they don't have that supportive wraparound audience, maybe venue, yeah, um, and, and to test the work in a new space, to test it against a new audience, to take that story out, to see how it fares out there in the big bad world beyond Kirikiriroa. Yeah. And I, I feel like me and you can both vibe on this level, but it's always great when stuff starts in Kirikiroa goes out and then comes back. Yeah. The return yeah. and then it's that whole hometown heroes vibe. Yeah. 
and or it goes out and then they come back with a new work and so you know the cycle repeats itself yeah i think it's important to test in mm. other in other places and to take to how how you know how um strong is that vision how strong is that work but i mean you know this is all because also we have a Waikato Regional Theatre stage that's going to be built here in like three, um, maybe three years. <laughs> Questionable um, amount of yeah, time. <laughs> sometimes soon. <laughs> uh, and, you know, if we're not uh, fostering and nurturing the voices of the people that live here and are from Hamilton, then we're not going to see any of our perspectives and our voices reflected on that big stage. So... You know, it's partly about that too. It's partly about starting this journey now and, and and these works will not be on the Waikato Regional Theatre stage, but hopefully works from these creators mm. will eventually be on that stage. And having tested them in front of an audience outside of a safe and supportive and very family orient you know, fun oriented sort of place for them, they'll also know how to fill the the seats of that massive theatre because that's the other challenge. (laughs) Yeah. You know. Uh, So, yeah, that's like planting a few seeds, boiling up (laughs) some soup, you know, whatever, to to start that process as well. I mean, so far, you know, it sounds like it's been a pretty tasty process. A tasty blend. Yeah, Yeah. with, with some added kind of COVID alert level spice. Yeah. Oh, look, we've, like, you know, I mean, Anna's and Jonti and and Fiona and the local mentors, they've all bought, they've all bought their own ingredients into the mix as well, you know, and as well as the shows that are, that, and, and I heard Connor talking about the actors doing the, um, doing the words that are written for them, but more than that, giving themselves and putting their opinions and their own little special blend of secrets, herbs and spices <laughs> into the mix as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it has, it's been, it's been a really good collaborative, collaborative time, I hope, for everyone. And um, often, I'm going to ask you a question that often guests on the show, sometimes they can't answer it because it's not public information. But because I'm Hannah from That's the Ticker, I like to get the tea or at least <laughs> attempt to do so. But um, future plans for the project? Well, uh, I would love to see this project done. I would love us to do it again. I mean, the Boil Up has been funded by CNZ through an arts grant and it does cost money to get you know, accommodation and flights for people from out of town and they are professionals so they do require fees. Mm. So, uh, yeah, we'll be looking for some funding to replicate it again. Probably not next year but maybe the year after so okay. that we that we maybe run it every second year um, because what I'm hoping is that not just one of the other boil-up shows that isn't premiering mm. this year does premiere next year. So... I guess if we do it every second year, then we've got some constant boil up coming to the boil. Yeah, there's yeah. there's always there's always some kai in the fridge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I like the sound of that. Thanks for spilling the tea. Ah, well, let's hope. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Anyone listening who's got some money can throw a boil up. So yeah, no, you heard it here first, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, for uh, more information on uh, the boil up. Uh, go to the meteor.co.nz. Don't worry, I will be putting uh, links up to all the boil up shows and the uh, boil up overview uh, page.
page on your website with the podcast of this show. So look out for that. Give um, the That's the Ticket with Hannah Mooney Facebook page a cheeky like if you haven't already. Deb's like looking at me being like, why do you never stop marketing? (laughs) No, that's great. Um, But... uh, Yeah, just want to reiterate those boil-up shows that are premiering this year. So Mm -hmm. Junior is running at The Meteor uh, September 22nd to 26th, 7pm shows and a 2pm on that Sunday 26th. Um, Elsie is running October 7th to 9th, 7pm shows. Artemera is running October 20th to 22nd, also 7pm shows. And Wish I Was There is November 2nd to 5th, 7.30pm shows. Yeah. It's, uh, you've basically got something every month. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, uh, originally they were supposed to all happen September or October, but COVID. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then another boil-up show, The Sherpa and the Beekeeper, is booked in for May next year at the Meteor. So that's a, a story by Matt Cambrick from Raglan about... Uh, Edmund Hillary and Sherpa uh, Tenzing Norgay at the mm. at the summit of Mount Everest. That's going to be a big production. So looking forward to that one. Um, yeah, getting a mountain in the meteor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's going to be fun. <laughs> I'm sure they're going to do it. Yeah, yeah. He's very concerned about having quite a realistic um, mountain top. So we shall see what happens here. Yeah, no, yeah. you've you've got me hook, line, and sinker with that already. <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess May's not that far away. <laughs> no, well, it's May because it's the summit. I think it happened in May, or oh, okay. it, like it's like an anniversary of the of the ascent to the top. And um, like hopping onto a more kind of meteor angle, because. Uh, Deborah Nudds is the uh, general manager of the Meteor Theatre. Indeed. Um, you guys, so you guys have an event in Level 2 this weekend. Yeah, we've got uh, Make Things to Music uh, in the gallery uh, Saturday afternoon. I think yeah, it's 3 to 5. 3 to 5 p.m. on the 18th of September. Yeah, well, that's a that's a great event for social distancing. I mean, it's it's coming along and listening to the to the beautiful sort of creative sounds of um, of Jeremy Mal and Yotam Levy with mm. the cellist and keyboards. It's great to um, sit there with this work, this music going on. It really gets you into a, a great state of creative flow. So you can go along and, you know, on your own with your mask on and sit there and write like I do or um, do some crochet <laughs> or, you know, sew or whatever. You can talk, but it's not something that you need to be close to other people to really get the full benefit of. I think it's going to be good. Nah, but like, I just mm. want to take a minute to say, like, media are not messing around with getting back <laughs> to it. You know, we've been in level two for less than a week. Yeah. We've got a really full end of year and we've had to reschedule quite a few shows into that time. So mm. there's been a lot of um, moving around, but we really wanted to, to get this... Um, make things to music up and going because it's it's a cool kind of community kind of solo event that you can go along to. Mahi pai. Good yeah, work. I, yeah, I, I feel like I speak for um, the rest of Kirikiriroa when I say that, you know, it's great that you we're getting back into it and that, mm. you know, mm. it's different but it's still achievable. It's still accessible. People can still go to live events. Yes. Even yeah. if it's not as it usually was. But I, I feel like... 
three weeks without any live arts is enough, <laughs> eh? Yeah, I feel, I feel a little bit kind of cranky without <laughs> being able to see something live. Yeah. You know, my addiction isn't being fed. Like, I, yeah. I mean, I'm in the same boat. But um, it's come to that time, the end of the show. Gosh, that went fast. Yeah, I know. It's because we have good chat, Deb. That's, that's why. That's true. <laughs> but um, thanks for coming on the show, mate. Oh, look, thanks for finally inviting me, Hannah. Yeah, yeah. I might have you back now. Oh, cool. <laughs> I just feel cool. like it's been a good test run. <laughs> but um, I'm going to play you, play you out with one of my um, Te Wiki or Te Reo Māori tracks. Oh, cool. Um, old mate Dave Dobbin has <laughs> recorded the um, Kiwi hit Slice of Heaven. In, in Te, Reo te Reo. for um, Te Wiki or Te Reo Māori 2021. Uh, so I'm like, of course I'm going to play it. So I think that's better than you and I singing Te Aroha <laughs> together in the boardroom at 12 o'clock today because that was tuneless. I, I was great. <laughs> I thought we were great, okay? I'll, I'll play the song, but when I have you back on the show, um, I think we're going to have to do a rendition. Oh, my God. Okay. But, um, yeah, here's some Dave Dobbin, and I'll uh, catch you next week. Ka kite. Ka kite.
more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.